from the publisher who brought you best-selling books by Maria Emmerich, Leanne Vogel, and Jimmy Moore, comes the latest in the line of ketogenic books that are sure to rock the health community. It's called The Ketogenic Bible by Dr. Jacob Wilson and Ryan Lowry. It's the authoritative guide to ketosis, and it's now available for purchase at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever books are sold. The Ketogenic Bible. If you love great olive oil, do I have a deal for you? As one of my listeners, you're entitled to receive for $1, listen to this, for just $1, a $39 bottle of one of the world's finest artisanal olive oils. And what makes this oil really special? It was just fresh pressed at the new harvest, so it's bursting with more harvest fresh flavor than any olive oil you've ever tasted. It's yours for just one buck to help cover shipping as your introduction to the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. And there's no obligation to buy anything now or ever. But what exactly is fresh pressed olive oil? And why is it so much more flavorful than store-bought olive oil? The problem with store-bought olive oils is that they can sit on store shelves for months, even years, growing stale or even rancid. The olive, after all, is a fruit. And olive oil is similar to a fruit juice in that it's much more flavorful when fresh pressed. And that's what's unique about oils from my friends at the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. They rush their oils direct to your door by plane and special delivery truck straight from the latest harvest. This means that you, your family, and lucky guests can enjoy top-of-the-line artisanal olive oils at their peak of harvest fresh flavor and nutritional value. This is great news for us low-carb lovers because pure fresh-pressed olive oil has zero carbs. Zero carbs! It adds whole layers of amazing flavor to your favorite low-carb dishes, your roasted vegetables, healthy salads, grilled meats, delicate fish, toasted nuts. Oh yeah! I can tell you from personal experience, once you try this fresh-pressed olive oil, you'll never go back to store-bought again. Try it yourself and see. For your 39 bottle for a buck, go to jimmyoliveoil.com. That's jimmyoliveoil.com. One more time jimmyoliveoil.com Coming up in episode 1314 an LLVLC classic with Morley Robbins Connecting and educating and making the world a more informed and healthier place You're listening to the Live in La Vida Low Carb Show with Jimmy Moore You've helped change so many lives and give us all the courage to take on the rest of the world This is the longest running health podcast on the air today You've done so much to spread the word about how diet matters Over 1,000 episodes strong and counting The amount of lives that you've changed at this point is incalculable And now, here's our host and international best-selling author you're like the ll cool j of podcasting jimmy moore hey hey guys we're back here again with another llvlc show classic episode and you may not know who morley robbins is but the information that he has about magnesium is so invaluable I had to put this back out there so people could hear it again. He is known as the Magnesium Man, and really everything that you might think you know about magnesium, put it aside today because I think you're going to learn a whole lot more than you even imagine.
imagined with vitamins such as vitamin D and C kind of getting a lot of the attention. Morley believes that magnesium has been ignored for far too long. So listen today to this LLVLC show classic episode featuring the magnesium man himself, Morley Robbins. Welcome back to the Live and La Vida Low Carb Show with Jimmy Moore. Today, I'm pleased to welcome to the podcast a gentleman by the name of Morley Robbins. He has been actively serving the healthcare field for the last 32 plus years as a hospital executive, healthcare consultant, and now a wellness coach. Following a successful career managing and consulting the hospitals and healthcare systems, he realized that he could no longer stand the revolving door mentality of the sick care centers. He's now dedicating the balance of his career to saving one starfish at a time by coaching clients about how to eat real food, restore their mineral balance, especially their magnesium status, and thereby facilitate the process of natural healing. He's discovered this fountain of youth in his newfound persona of the Magnesium Man. He's quite proud of his efforts to raise the uh, country's awareness about the importance of magnesium via the efforts of his magnesium advocacy group at mag4for.org. And he's so delighted uh, to be doing this and sharing from all of his great resources that he puts out there on the internet. Visit his website, magnesiumman.com. And so welcome to the show, Morley. Jimmy, thanks so much. Great introduction, and I, I love the way you said magnesium. Man. <laughs> you you need like a cape and a suit and everything because <laughs> because you really are a superhero trying to help people, you know, kind of learn more about why magnesium is so important. But before we get into magnesium, which we're going to talk all about today, let's learn more about who you are. Tell us a little bit of how you got interested in the medical field um, and then uh, some of the work that you did while you were in there. And and then what was it what what was it that ticked you off uh, that got you to kind of be on this rampage now about educating the public? Okay. Um, thumbnail sketch, I am a um, a pre-med retread. Wanted to be a doctor when I was in uh, college. <laughs> Love that. My uh, organic chemistry professor, Gordon Galloway, made sure that was never going to happen. Uh, I've thanked him many times since then. Um, and I chose the, uh, the hospital field because it's obviously a close derivative of uh, medicine and was, had spent many years as a uh, uh, child, very sickly family, visiting friends and relatives uh, at hospitals, so it was a very natural environment. Um, got into hospital management in 1977 and, and did that for a number of years, about 15 years, and then uh, switched over to consulting. Uh, my, my background in terms of my training as a business degree, and I did a lot of work in strategic planning and marketing. Uh, I'm a blue sky kind of guy. I'm, I'm very good at pattern recognition. Uh, give me a bunch of data, and I can tell you what, what it's really saying and what the trends are and, right. and what are the uh, second and third order implications of that data. Mm-hmm. Um, and did more of that when I was a consultant, <clears throat> did a lot of uh, trend forecasting, and then also worked on mergers and consolidations of hospitals. But the, the work that I really enjoyed uh, most of all was working with leadership teams to, to get them to uh, be able to bring a strategic plan to life. Uh, it's, it's very easy to sit down and, and come up with a future direction. Oh, we're going to do this and this and this. It's another thing to get the workforce 
to take ownership of it, especially at the leadership level. And if they can't internalize it, it's not going to get done. And I found that a lot of the work that I did was helping to motivate leaders in internalizing the importance of that strategic direction. And it was, it was fascinating work. Uh, what got me to uh, the wellness world uh, was a frozen shoulder. I was going through a very stressful period of my life, and my right shoulder locked up. I couldn't pick my right hand above my waist. It was very painful. Uh, and I went to a health food store uh, not too far from where I live. And the, the store owners um, said, well, Morley, what you need to do is go see uh, Dr. Liz. And I went, uh, that sounds like a chiropractor. I don't do witchcraft. I think I'll take a pass on that. <laughs> I got some supplements, you know, did my thing for another couple months. Uh, it got worse. I didn't, couldn't imagine how much more pain I could endure. And so uh, I went back to the same health food store, and they said, Morley, we love you. Go see Dr. Liz. Well, it turns out Dr. Liz Erkenswick is one of the great healers on this planet. Uh, she is a chiropractor, uh, does a very gentle form called network spinal analysis. And within a couple of weeks, I had the full rotation and mobility of my arm and was absolutely transformed by it. I was like, well, wait a minute. Because up until that point, I knew that in a yardstick of healing, 35 inches of it was allopathic and one inch was a bunch of wackos. And in that transformational experience, it flipped and I realized, wait a minute, allopathic is just one very small part of this spectrum of gifted and talented healers what don't I know? And so I started delving into the world of, of wellness. I've taken several certification programs and am now uh, enrolled in the uh, Institute for Integrated Nutrition. And so I'm a, a practicing uh, wellness coach. Um, and what got me into magnesium real quickly is sure. clients were encouraging me to write about what I was learning. Because I, I get up at 4.30 or 5 in the morning and read for two or three hours. I'm kind of a geek that way. <laughs> and um, so I, I decided to write a book entitled Let's Get Sick. And I'm teaching people <laughs> in America how to get sick. And they're 10-step programs. And I was writing a, the chapter was on let's make a heart attack. Because it's, it's way too passive to say let's have a heart attack. Or, or you know, it just it doesn't work. You, you want to go on the offense. So I wrote this 10-step plan. Uh, what's interesting to know is that seven of the ten steps come from the American Heart Association. <coughs> wink, wink. Wow. And um, I was sharing it with a, a client who was a practitioner, and step number eight was deplete your body of magnesium. Because I had read an article about it, and I thought it was intriguing. And she said, you know, Morley, I can't help but think that this isn't more important than just one step. And I thought, oh, Okay. So last July, the middle of last July, I read Carolyn Dean's book, uh, The Magnesium Miracle. Right. And I couldn't put it down. It was, it was absolutely riveting. And since then, I've read uh, 17 other books, five of them medical textbooks, and 375 articles on magnesium and magnesium deficiency. And the, the uh, exciting thing for me was that uh, this past June, Carolyn Dean uh, and I shared the stage at the Health Freedom Expo in Chicago wow. on two different occasions. And she says, Morley, I'm, I'm proud to share the stage with you because you really, you know this as well as anyone in the country. That's great. 
I can't, I can't explain it. I've become a channel. So it's just, it's a great experience. So tell us about more about magnesium, because there's a lot in this audience who regularly take a lot of different supplementations or at least try to eat foods that contain certain, uh, you know, micronutrients that are essential, uh, magnesium being one of them. Uh, tell us uh, kind of in a nutshell, what does magnesium do in the body? Let me, let me read one quick quote from a book that just got published at the University of Adelaide down in Australia by a, a Robert Vink. He's a, a magnesium uh, aficionado uh, down under. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a um, sentence that I was reading last night that I almost fell out of my chair. And I quote, Hence, DNA synthesis is dependent on the rate of protein synthesis, which is regulated by the concentration of intracellular ionic magnesium. Wow. So when you think about the very epicenter of life, which is DNA and protein synthesis, it doesn't get any more central than that. Um, it, it turns out that, you know, when people will Google magnesium or magnesium deficiency, what will routinely pop up is, you know, it's involved in about, you'll see anywhere from 300 to 350 enzymatic reactions. And that sounds like that's, a, that's what we call a believable lie. Because it's, you know, you begin to get beyond that and people are saying it's not possible. Well, it turns out that 80% of our metabolism is dependent upon magnesium. And I know it's very dangerous, uh, particularly in this day and age, to single out any one mineral. But um, all I'm doing is, is sharing the information that I've read by some of the greatest researchers on the planet. And that's pretty much their conclusion. It's like they have a reverence to magnesium because it is not just involved in the, the manufacturing, repair, and the creation of, of DNA and RNA, but all the enzymatic processes <coughs> that depend on ATP, which is just about everything in your body, right. requires magnesium. If you don't have magnesium, it's not going to happen. And so what, what's happened in the world today is people are focusing on downstream dysfunction. They're very captivated by neurotransmitters, GABA, and serotonin, and melatonin, or they're focused on hormones. Oh, I need more you know, uh, progesterone, or I need more you know, testosterone, or whatever. What, what people don't understand, and what's fascinating about this recent book coming out of Australia, is that it all starts in the brain, right? Well, the brain is not much without magnesium. And it, and it lives on, it, its energy source, for the most part, is glucose. Yeah, we can, we can have the whole debate about ketones and how important they are. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, people live on glucose. <coughs> and for every molecule of glucose that you need to metabolize, it takes 28 molecules of magnesium to make that happen. Mm. That's not an insignificant disparity. And when you think about the fact that uh, in George Washington's day, the average colonial ate three pounds of sugar. It was, it was sugar cane sugar, three pounds a year. Wow. And now the average American consumes over 220 pounds of sugar. The figure you'll see banned about is 160. Again, the believable lie but at the Western Price uh, Conference last November in Dallas, there was a representative from the sugar industry, and he says, 
it's actually 220. Oh, yeah, and Dr. Robert Lustig, I was just at a conference where he was, and he says 260 now, so I think the number is even going higher. Okay, it's scary. It, it gets to the point where you, when you put it against the three pounds yeah. 200 years ago or 150 years ago, whatever the right number is, right. It's, it's staggering, and the, the difficulty is much of the sugar that's being used today is neurotoxic, yeah. and it drains the body, especially the brain, of magnesium. Wow. So I think the, the one thing that I want to get across to your listeners is if they get nothing else out of this conversation, when they feel stress, when they are in the midst of something that they think is stressful, what I want them to picture is a trap door opening up in front of their feet <coughs> and watching all their magnesium drain wow. into their body. Yeah. That's how, that's how profound stress is on the body but most importantly, on magnesium status. Because what you'll see is that, you know, even, even the CDC will acknowledge that 85% of all illness is related to stress. What they forget to tell us is, oh, by the way, the stress causes magnesium loss, and this was very well stu studied by Hans Silier back in the 50s and 60s. And it is riveting when you see the research that he did with 15,000 animals with stress and what happens to the endocrine system. It shrivels up and it calcifies. And that's why he called the title of his book Calcitalaxis. It's, it's a metabolic fact that stress will drain your body of magnesium, which ushers in calcium, the mitochondria are overwhelmed, and then the cell dies. Yeah. It doesn't get any more basic than that. And the issue for your listeners, in addition to the sugar, is they have a, they're going to be more inclined to eat uh, good fats and proteins. Well, anytime you have more protein, it's going to create more insulin, which means you're going to need more magnesium to break that down. It gets, get, insulin resistance is caused by magnesium deficiency, well-established in the research. Cell membranes don't recognize the insulin because there's not enough magnesium in the cell membrane to, to do anything. And then all protein metabolism, all carbohydrate metabolism, and all fat metabolism requires... Uh, can you guess the mineral that's required? Um, let, let me see. Uh, is it magnesium? Oh, yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Wow. How did I know? All the enzymes, <laughs> all the enzymes that are used to break down our food <coughs> run on the uh, axis of magnesium. So you, you mentioned the sugar a while ago and, and protein, and, and you just mentioned that fat metabolism uh, also needs magnesium. Are, are there different levels that are needed depending on what it's breaking down, or is it just a general amount no matter what you're eating? Uh, Jimmy, that's a great question. Uh, do you have any others? <laughs> <laughs> a couple. I, don't, I honestly don't know the answer to that. That is actually an outstanding question. Uh, probing uh, inquiry. The reason I ask is because a lot of people listening to this show are keto adapted, eating very high fat, moderate protein, and very low carbohydrate. So I'm wondering if magnesium requirements for people, and, and that describes me, um, right. like me who eat that way, uh, perhaps is less than somebody eating a standard American diet and eating those 220 to 260 pounds of sugar a year. Yeah, I think it's a very good point. I think the, the way to approach it is, and this is where I think there's a huge gap in the country, 
you know, people know what their cholesterol numbers are. <clears throat> people know, for the most part, what their vitamin D levels are. Right. And, and people who are concerned about sugars are going to know what their blood glucose, blood glucose numbers are. Right. But what they don't know is that magnesium status regulates all three of those. Mm-hmm. So I think the missing piece of information is what, what, there are many different ways to measure magnesium status. Uh, and we can get into the esoteric, but, but probably the best form and uh, predictable form is the magnesium red blood cell test. It costs $59. You can get it at direct labs or request a test. Right. It takes two days for them to turn the labs, labs around. And what I can assure the, the listeners is that anyone who is below a 6.0 <coughs> milligrams per deciliter mm-hmm. is a quart low in magnesium. Wow. So anyone who, and I, and I use the term quart low affectionately, it's like your car is a quart low. But, but what is important for people to know is that regardless of whether they're pursuing SAD, paleo, paleo or the um, living low-carb life that you're uh, obviously so... Uh, famous for, I think it's important to know what is my magnesium status, and I think you're right. The the need for magnesium is going to be different in that last example because of the ketones and the, the lack of sugars, but keep in mind that we are a function of our environment, and I don't know very many Americans who aren't stressed out beyond belief. I don't know many Americans who don't consume copious amounts of coffee. Uh, and, and I don't know many Americans who aren't somehow exposed to environmental toxins that are just ubiquitous in our life. Right. And so all of those events are stressors, and, and, or I could even use the example of lack of sleep. You know anybody who has a problem with lack of sleep? And so when you have a lack of sleep, you have a lack of magnesium. Well, okay? and that raises cortisol levels and exactly. all that and then, stuff. And cortisol and magnesium run along an axis. It's a seesaw. Right. When one's up, the other's down. And so it's, it's a very good way to, to get a sense of, of what your status is, is to get that blood test. And then at least you're working with real numbers and not just, I wonder. LoveMyTummy.com LoveMyTummy.com Why am I saying this? Living low carb is a choice you are making because you care about your health and you love your tummy. But sometimes even the best choices in the food we eat will still lead to times when you find yourself feeling bloated or having that heavy feeling after a meal and you just don't know what to do. Diet changes, probiotics, and even medications are helping some, but you can't find real relief. Well, let me introduce you to Atrantine. Developed by a board-certified gastroenterologist to naturally address issues such as bloating, SIBO, IBS, leaky gut, and improve and protect cellular digestive health. Atrantil is all-natural, over-the-counter, works within the bowel, is very well tolerated, and has no known drug interactions. Published clinical trials have shown that better than four out of five people that suffer from digestive symptoms will find relief with Atrantil. Backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. So love yourself, love your health, and visit lovemytummy.com. Be sure to use the coupon code JIMMY for 15% off of your order. Even the name is proven to make you feel better. Atrantil. 
The August 2017 special at KetoLiving.com is buy one, get one free off of the Omega 1250 pharmaceutical grade. It's one of our brand new products at the Keto Living line, and we're really excited to give you this opportunity to get a second bottle for free. Keto Living is a full line of ketogenic-friendly products that will enhance your low-carb, high-fat, ketogenic lifestyle. We have the Keto Essentials multivitamin. We also have a blood sugar lowering vitamin called Berberine Plus and so much more. So check it all out, you guys, at ketoliving.com. So let's go over a few of the things that are involved with people that are below that 6.0 level. And I assume the lower below 6.0 you are, the greater your danger is of uh, having any of these calamities uh, befall you. A lot of people don't realize the role magnesium plays in cardiovascular health. Tell us about that. Yeah, uh, it's actually, and I can't find it in the literature quite this way, but my take of it, again, this, this is the world according to Morley, um, is that I think it's almost logarithmic. As you begin to move from 6 to 5.5 to 5 to 4.5, it's almost like a pH scale. There's a compounding effect of the increased sensitivity of the individual to stress and also the increased resistance of the body to work properly. It's, um, it's almost like magnesium. It, 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 the difficulty with magnesium is it does too much, and that's why it becomes like it, people just tend to disregard it. It becomes sort of the, the Rodney Dangerfield in nutrition. It's like, yeah, yeah, I got that in my, uh, in my supplement. Um, but when you really begin to, to explore it and begin to see how it affects so many different metabolic functions, and what you're focusing on in particular is cardiac function, I mean, it's, it's breathtaking. I mean, the entire uh, mechanism of metabolic syndrome that runs along the axis of hypertension and high cholesterol and high triglycerides, high blood glucose and excess weight, all five of those factors have at their roots magnesium deficiency. You probably have heard of, and possibly have heard of endothelial dysfunction. There's a cell layer inside your arteries called the endothelium. When it's not happy, a lot of bad things happen. And little, when there's uh, like homocysteine is, is in the blood, it causes um, pop marks, like, like, a, like you've let driving down the road. A pothole and the body wants to cover those up and how does it cover it up it covers it up with cholesterol and calcium thank you very much and so the there was just an article published this past january out of italy it wouldn't it wouldn't have been in the u.s but outside of the u.s people seem to have great clarity about the importance of magnesium mm-hmm. and what they discovered is that there are about 10 different mechanisms of endothelial function, dysfunction, excuse me, endothelial dysfunction. You want to guess how many of those 10 are magnesium dependent? I'd say all 10. Exactly. So we've got metabolic syndrome, endothelial dysfunction, congestive heart failure, very well established in the research going back in the 40s and 50s that the, that the very basis of congestive heart failure is magnesium deficiency. Well, then we can go into the... Uh, atrial fibrillation and the arrhythmias, again, all caused by magnesium deficiency. 
myocardial infarct. I'm sure people have heard of that. Um, and it's the number of articles. I, I probably have 75 articles on that one mechanism alone as it relates to magnesium status. And again, it isn't just magnesium, but magnesium's at the head of the stream. Obviously, zinc and chromium and, and copper and, and other factors are involved. But when you think about the role that magnesium plays in creating cellular energy right. and burning proper um, nutrients inside the cell, it only makes sense. And then the, the last condition that, that's related to heart health is sudden death. I mean, it, they're, they're, I, mean I, I, I burst into tears when I heard about Isaac Arzat out in Salem, Oregon. He's a 13-year-old boy, 12 or 13, who died of his second heart attack. Wow. Now, it isn't possible for someone that age to have plaque. So if it's not plaque, what is it? And you never hear what, what it is. Well, in fact, it has to be magnesium deficiency. When people are crossing the finish line of a marathon and then drop dead, you're thinking, gee, well, I've been trained to believe that, that all heart disease is caused by cholesterol. So if that person, in fact, had clogged arteries, that heart attack would happen at the start of the race, not the end of the race. Why does it happen at the end of the race? Because they've just expended about five hours worth of minerals. And what are they ingesting along the way? Is Sugar. Uh, sports drinks, which have sugar and sodium, and they're not repleting the potassium and the magnesium that they need. Hmm. So every aspect of heart disease, at least in the, in the articles that I've read and the people that I've talked to in the field, is classically related to magnesium deficiency. So Morley, why do you think there's so much uh, interest in other micronutrients and minerals, uh, things like vitamin D, calcium, vitamin C? They seem to be the big boys that get all the attention while, like you noted, in the United States, magnesium is ignored, while in other countries it's, it's a little more uh, on the radar. Well, why isn't it on the radar here in America? Um, you know, a couple, couple theories. Um, one, it's, it's too simple. When, when someone gets sick, they have heart disease or they have cancer or they have some kind of neurodegenerative disease, it, it's, it's too overwhelming to realize, you mean it was my diet? Yeah. You mean I wasn't eating the right food? So that's, that's one aspect of it. Another aspect is um, when you begin to work with magnesium, it, it, it eviscerates much of modern medicine. And, and, I, and I tend to over-dramatize it. And obviously, and I get, I get a lot of flack for that. But um, it, it's very clear that, that the, the, the dysfunction, the disorders, the disease that people are, are plagued with today all started because of this mineral imbalance in general, which started about 100 years ago. And pretty well documented what, what triggered it. But the thing is, um, when you begin to focus on, on that one mineral, a lot of other things just kind of fall into place. When you have excess calcium in your body and not enough magnesium, it, it's like a rogue elephant. You introduce magnesium and the calcium settles down. Um, sodium and potassium get fall into line. And it, it has this incredible effect inside the body to regulate. You know, I didn't, I didn't make this stuff up. I didn't discover it. But 
all I'm, what I'm learning is that it's, it's ability to bring balance and harmony and regulation to the human body and to much of the animal and plant kingdom is pretty well documented. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and, it, and it's, so it, it, there's this mechanism that's like it, it really undermines the business model of, of medicine. And then I think the third aspect is all you need to do is, is follow the money. And, you know, you could take five cents worth of magnesium or five dollars for a statin to solve the cholesterol problem. Now, you mean we don't have a statin deficiency that we need to fill? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you, you probably saw that there was a research study that just came out. It was just discussed this week that, in fact, statins are causing coronary calcification. Oh, yeah. And what's fascinating about that is, I mean, I've been trying now for over a year to see the link between statins and magnesium deficiency. Trust me, it's very well buried. I know it's there. I know it's causing magnesium deficiency. Why do I know that? Because you cannot have metabolic calcification when you have sufficient magnesium. Yeah. And when you look at the, at the symptoms that people have, muscle aches, and all of the things that are related to taking statins oh, yeah. are classic magnesium deficiency symptoms. Wow. But you go back into the, into the search engines, and it is next to impossible. So it's, it's a fascinating dynamic that's taking place. I'd love to see a study just on that. Well, actually, there was. There was a study between statins and magnesium. Uh, the, the, the world's authority on magnesium was Mildred Selig. Uh, she, uh, she got her MD degree uh, and PhD um, a long time ago. She passed away about four or five years ago. But, but she and Andrea Rosanoff, who is a PhD nutritionist uh, now based out of Hawaii, they did a study in, I want to say, 2005 or 2006, where it was a heads-up magnesium versus statins. I'll, I'll let you guess who won the conflict. <laughs> Gee, I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> now, I wanted to talk to you about um, the sleep effects that magnesium brings on. And uh, i got to tell you, I've interviewed a lot of people on this show, and several of them, uh, when I brought up how sleep is an issue for a lot of people, you know, they'll say take magnesium at night and you'll sleep like a baby. Uh, what's going on there? What, how, what, what properties are in magnesium that's making sleep uh, better? Uh, there, there are a couple, couple things. Um, one, it's, it's noted effect is that it just calms you down. It's, you know, there's, there, our nervous system is amazing. We all know that. There's a central nervous system and then there's something called the autonomic nervous system. You and I are engaged in what's called a conscious conversation, and we're moving along at about 2,000 bits per second. Mm -hmm. Our autonomic nervous system moves along at 400 billion bits per second. Wow. We can't even comprehend that. And the autonomic nervous system is run by our electrolytes. And there are two parts to the autonomic nervous system. There's the sympathetic, or otherwise known as the fight-or-flight system, and there's the parasympathetic system. It's the rest and recovery. In America, we live in sympathetic overdrive. We drink coffee. We eat, we eat uh, copious amounts of sugar. We're, we're focusing on calcium supplementation. We're taking all sorts of, of food additives that have toxins that activate our, you know, our uh, detox pathways that are all driven off the sympathetic nervous system. So we're just like trying to, to, to do all that. 
and we have, we have no magnesium in our environment. Well, when you introduce magnesium, it, it begins to shut down the sympathetic system and it allows potassium to do its job, which is to activate the parasympathetic system. Okay? So at the, at the very base of our nervous system, it has this ability to allow for rest and recovery. The second thing that it's doing is it is um, rebalancing the calcium that's in the brain and, you know, kind of calming it down because it's calcium that activates the sympathetic nervous system, okay? Mm-hmm. So when you, when you have calcium and magnesium in proper balance, you know, it, it begins to allow the body to, to calm down. Uh, a quick digression, if you buy, if you buy it, the uh, theory from the evolutionary biologists, we evolved from the sea. So seawater has three parts magnesium to one part calcium. The average American today has five parts calcium to one part magnesium. Hmm. Do you think that 15-fold change in um, electrolyte balance could possibly have any effect in our body? Somewhat. <laughs> it's, it's profound. Right. And so the third thing that... Um, that magnesium is doing, is, and a lot of people um, aren't familiar with this, but when you begin to look at the melatonin pathway, you know, melatonin is actually made in our stomach, um, and it's made from proteins. Well, guess what the last step is before you get to melatonin? It's a magnesium-dependent process that then allows melatonin to be produced. Mm. So on several different levels, and I'm just picking three out of, I probably could talk about 20, but those are three notable ways in which magnesium allows the person to to calm down. Now, there are some rare situations where people will take magnesium and it will have the exact opposite effect. Really? And what we're learning, and my partner, uh, Liz Erkenswick and I, are learning that when that happens, more often than not, the individual is so magnesium deficient you can't work with it. And wow. So it's, like a, it's like a dry plant. When you go to water a dry plant, what happens? The water runs right through the dirt. So you have to mist it, and you have to tease it back into the body. And so what we do is help people you know, use transdermal or introduce it through their spices, like cayenne pepper or basil or other really rich sources or kelp powder, really rich sources of magnesium, so that the body begins to recognize that that mineral, sure, and and use mineral drops as well. Wonderful source of, of, of minerals is mineral drops, and um, you know we we work with uh, Andersons, but there are a lot of different companies out there. But it's it's a great way to do it, and then of course you get into the actual um, oral supplementation, which we we have about 18 different forms that that we work with. But the form that we've had the most, the two forms we've had the most success with are magnesium malate and magnesium glycinate. Those seem to be the most bioavailable to the masses. And they're available at a drugstore anywhere in America, or do you have to order those specifically from online or somewhere? Um, the, the magnesium malate online at, at Jigsaw Health, uh, they've pretty much cornered that market. Right. It's a wonderful product. The glycinate, I think the best that we've found, you can get, I think, at either Whole Foods or any uh, you know decent health food store going to carry the pure encapsulations. 
Right. And it's their magnesium glycinate. Both of those seem to, it's like in a, in 100 people, those two will work in about 90. Wow. 90 of them. So it's, they're, they're very predictable. That's great. Now, Morley, we've talked a lot about magnesium deficiency, but is there any such thing as magnesium overload where people get well above those 6.0 levels that are optimum? And if uh, what, what level is not optimum on the upper end? Yeah, excellent question. Um, it's interesting. Charles Poliquin, who's a fitness trainer yep. of some repute, um, he won't work with a client until they're up to 6.8 on the MAG-RBC. Wow. That's his, that's his starting point, which is kind of a, a breathtaking uh, uh, threshold to, to work from. Um, yes, there absolutely are um, situations where you can get too much of a good thing. Well, the first thing that people will notice, in addition to what I said, that they could have this reverse effect. It, it causes them to be wide awake. Um, when there's excess magnesium, uh, or there's more magnesium than the body can handle at that point, you're going to get diarrhea. That's a classic sign of, of excess magnesium. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and and what all you do is just dial back. Right. You know, what I tend to recommend to folks is, and I don't tell people what to do. I say, this is what I do. Right. And what I do is two times the RDA, and I get good success with that. And what is and the I'm, RDA? Uh, for women, it's 350. For men, it's 450. Gotcha. Um, a milligrams per day. Um and the, the other issue is that um, what you'll see in all of the articles about excess magnesium is people with uh, chronic kidney disease are very sensitive to magnesium, and they can't handle it. They can't see most of the reabsorption that takes place in our body takes place inside the kidney, and it's the loop of Henley that's actually doing the yeoman's work of that. And most of that reabsorption takes place in, uh, in the renal tissues. And people with kidney disease can't do that. Now, let's step back from that. How do people get kidney disease? Because they have magnesium deficiency. And it's one of these wicked situations where, in fact, people with chronic kidney disease have very, very, very high levels of total magnesium, but they have the lowest levels of what, are, what is called ionic magnesium. What that means is available for metabolic transactions. And so the irony is they too would benefit from ionic forms of magnesium, but you have to be, it really does require medical intervention. And there is an entire issue of the kidney disease journal, and I'll get you the exact citation, Jimmy, for your, for your post. Sure. But the entire July issue is devoted to treating kidney disease with magnesium. Wow. And it is a stunning breakthrough. And I can assure you that that journal is not published in the United States of America. <laughs> so it's, it is, there are conditions, they are extreme. And you just, you know, the other thing you need to be, be mindful of is most people in America are stressed out. Right. Just, you know, life in the fast lane which puts a lot of pressure on our adrenal glands. Our adrenal glands run on sodium and magnesium. I don't know why. God knows why, but they do. And you start pumping a lot of magnesium into someone with adrenal stress, and their, their adrenals are going to slow down. Right. And they're going to have even more trouble producing energy. 
So what you need to do is it, it's very advisable to work with uh, a practitioner, a nutritionist, you know, someone who understands um, metabolic balancing or mineral balancing through hair analysis or some other mechanism. And they, people with adrenal fatigue, which is in, in the work that we do, it's about probably about 60 to 70% of the people we work with, but they need adrenal support. They'll, they'll need adaptogens, they'll need adrenal tissue, they'll need extra vitamin C, but, but not just ascorbic acid, which is just the antioxidant shell, but the whole food uh, vitamin C complex. So it, that's the only other uh, dimension that I think is worth noting, is that too much magnesium can, in, in uh, some folks and many folks, cause them to feel, oh, gee, I'm, I'm feeling run down. Well, it's because the adrenals are, are overwhelmed. Right. His name is Morley Robbins. Check him out at magnesiumman.com. And I was joking you earlier about getting a, a, a Superman kind of suit on. I'm looking at your picture there, and it looks like you have a, a magnesium, uh, the, the MG for magnesium with like a Superman. <laughs> so you're kind of halfway there already, Morley. And I encourage people to go there and ask you questions. You really do invite yourself uh, and make yourself available to answer literally any questions that people may have about the role magnesium can play in their health. So we so much appreciate uh, the work you're doing educating the populace about magnesium, and we appreciate you being here today here on the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. Well, it's been a pleasure, Jimmy, and uh, maybe we'll have a chance to chat more about it at a future, future point, and thank you again for the chance to uh, share this information. Coming up next time on the Live in La Vida Low Carb Show, we'll have Dr. Jacob Wilson and Ryan Lowry. They're the authors of a brand new book called The Ketogenic Bible. Get show notes for today's episode at theliveinlowcarbshow.com. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review at iTunes. Thanks for listening to the Live in La Vida Low Carb Show. We'll see you next time. Disc of Light.